See everyone at church. It's so good to have you here. God has brought you here. I believe God has a special message for you this weekend. I want you to help me out with something. I want you to welcome the people who are online. So put your hands together. Everyone in the house, put your hands together. Welcome those of you who are online. Thanks for tuning in. It's crazy how the Lord is using that ministry, guys. I'm just, I'm just amazed how God is using our online ministry. Thank you so much. Um, you know, this is a prom weekend. And how many of you have a, a son, daughter, niece, nephew, whatever that's involved in a prom? And uh, my daughter is involved with uh, prom this weekend. And uh, it's her last one. She's a senior in high school. We went to go take pictures with her. But uh, I remember my prom weekend. I, uh, I was very far from God during those days. I should preface this story with that comment. <laughs> I was very far from God during those days. And uh, I, I uh, didn't have, you know, I really had an interest in this woman named Grace. And uh, I, I didn't ask her for whatever reason. I don't think she was available or something like that. But uh, I really wanted to go to prom with her. And I, I, uh, I was postponing who I was going to ask, and I ended up asking this uh, varsity cheerleader, um, like literally like two weeks before prom. And she said yes, and she's a sweet, sweet, sweet gal. And uh, I, uh, I, I went out with her, and I'll never forget, I was miserably sick. I was so sick, it was horrible. I picked her up and I was miserable and, and uh, had, I'd vacuumed the car and everything to make sure it was you know, nice and clean for her and, uh, and us. And anyway, we went and uh, the whole time I was thinking about this other girl that I really wanted to be with, her name is Grace. So I'm actually talking to her about Grace. They're actually best friends. Actually, they're really, really close friends. So I, uh, I drove with this gal, my, my date, for the night. I drove by Grace's house. I said, hey, let's go see if Grace is there. <laughs> it was also horrible. And so you can imagine how she felt. I felt so bad for her. So I'm sick, and I'm like, all right, let's go by Grace's house. Let's see what, you know, we drove by really slow, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like let's see the house, see if anybody's like, okay, all right, let's go to the prom. So I went to the prom and I was so sick the whole time and I'll never forget it was we were probably there for like 30 minutes and I said well you ready to go and uh, I went and I dropped her off at her house like by eight o'clock at night she was back home I was a horrible date. I dropped her off. I wasn't feeling well. And then I went out with my, my buddies, and I just went to go party with them at some house or something like that. And that's pretty much what my prom date night looked like. It was very uneventful. But the whole time I was thinking, like, gosh, you know what? I think I'd rather be with Grace. But I was with this, and this was a sweet woman, and she's a godly woman today. She came to know Jesus. It's a beautiful story. But anyway, I, I thought about, you know, sometimes life is like that. Sometimes we make decisions in life, and uh, sometimes we might, we might say, okay, I think this is best for me, or I think this is good for me, but maybe, maybe God has a better plan for you. His thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways, and he does things that are surprising to us. I want to start off by sharing this. It's a quote by Wayne Stiles. He says this, what God wants to give you is always better than you, what you want God to give you. Think about that a little bit. See, God knows the desires of your heart. He knows your dreams. He knows your fears. He knows your insecurities. He knows the thing that keeps you up at night. He knows about your concerns about the future. He knows about your concerns about money, health, 
whatever it is, God knows the desires of your heart. And God's plan for you is way better. Turn to the person next to you. Just tell them it's way better. Can you do that? Just say it's way better. God has a plan for you that's way better than your plan. And he wants to do things in your life that you don't even know yet. In fact, you may not even be praying about it because you don't know what's there. And God wants to move in your life in such a special way. And I want you to help me out. Here's the one message I want to share with you. And here it is. He's more than enough. Say that out loud with me. He's more than enough. Turn to the person next to you. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. You know who we're talking about. His name is Jesus. He's more than enough. All you need is Jesus. No, for reals. All you need is Jesus. You're working through a tough time right now. You're working through a marriage, a tough time, or family, or, or kids, or work, or whatever it is. All you need is Jesus. I know it sounds really simple, and you're thinking there's got to be more than that. All you need is Jesus. You and a friend are at odds with each other, or you feel like you're being abandoned or isolated. All you need is Jesus. He is all you need. Let's pray, guys. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your presence. And I want to pray, Lord, for some of the needs in this church that I'm aware of. Some people are looking for jobs, and I pray that you go before them, and you don't give them just any job, Lord. I pray you give them a dream job. I pray, Lord, for those who are working through health situations. I'm thinking about my brother who's living with chronic pain right now. I pray that you free him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Set him free. Take away the pain. I pray for others, Lord, who are working through health issues. Lord, we know, Jesus, you are the great physician, and nothing is impossible for you. So I pray, Lord, that you touch them right now, God. Pray for that person who's going through uh, just a heartache. Maybe they just got out of a relationship and their heart is broken right now. I pray that you begin to heal them and restore them and renew them and give them hope, Lord. I pray for that person who feels alone. Maybe they came to church or maybe they're watching online, God. Right now, they just feel alone. I pray that you meet them in that dark place, in that place of loneliness. Would you show them, Jesus, that you are more than enough? I pray for that person who's just struggling to know your will. Would you give them clarity and peace, God? And I pray also for that person who's getting ready to move. I know we have a couple of people who are getting ready to move. I pray that you go before them and you continue to bless them and you lead them to a great church, Lord, that lifts you up, Jesus. We lift all of our problems and worries and concerns to you, Lord. You are our God. You're our hope. And there's nobody else we want to turn to. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. And the church said... Amen. Amen. So uh, we're in this series called Red Letters, and, and we're looking at some of the words of Jesus that you find in the New Testament. Uh, a lot of times in Bibles, those are written in the color, in the color red. And uh, there's this, uh, let me start off with the title of today's sermon. Um, it's called Trippin'. <laughs> Trippin'. Anybody ever heard of that phrase, Trippin'? You may have, uh, he's trippin'. She's tripping. You know what I'm talking about? He's tripping. When I first uh, put this on, someone came to me from church and said, hey, pastor, I'm really curious about that sermon. It's called tripping. I don't know. I'm really, you know, what I think about tripping is not what, you know what I mean? And you're talking about tripping and what is that about? What, and he was really concerned. And, and uh, you might have said this before. 
you know, I, I could think of, I know there's been times when I said, he's tripping, or she must be tripping. My woman is tripping. <laughs> My man is tripping, or they're power tripping, or whatever it might be. Here's the definition, tripping. To be talking crazy and or not making sense. She's tripping. Now, let's just be real, guys. It came all the way back in the 1960s, and it was usually associated with drugs. That's what it was. So if you were tripping, you were acting like a fool, thinking crazy thoughts, or maybe high on mushrooms or something, and you're freaking out, and you're just extremely high. That's what it, And today's social media, when someone's tripping, it means they're under the influence of drugs. Um, Jesus said something, but I think everyone around him was saying, Jesus... You're tripping. I just have a feeling. I want to look at that, guys. Uh, there's some things that Jesus said in the Bible that we look at and we think, are you sure about this? Is this am I reading this correctly? Let me read it again. And, and as we kind of have those, those times, and here it is. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 says this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. Wow. Then he goes on to say this, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple. Jesus is tripping. When you look at the Bible, um, there's all kinds of examples of love, like love your neighbor as yourself and love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you and honor your father and your mother. But here in this passage, Jesus says, oh, you need to Hate your father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. And, and you, know, you have to think, like, what is Jesus talking about? Of course, he wants you to honor your parents and, and he values love. And I mean, all those, and the scripture says God is love. So what is he talking about? When he talks about, the, I should have showed this, guys. I'm wearing my legacy shirt. You might want this white shirt. This is, last weekend, I preached a whole message on the storyline of uh, Thorn Creek and everything. So if you didn't have a chance, listen to it on YouTube, and you can listen to the whole story of how God has moved. Last weekend, we made 20 years as a church. It's a pretty big deal. So, um, so I want to encourage you to listen to that. Listen to that sermon. So anyway, check it out. So uh, what is Jesus talking about? Um, you have to understand Jesus is speaking to a big crowd. So he's speaking to this big crowd. I have a picture to show you guys what I think it may have looked like. And he's speaking to this big crowd, and people are following him for different reasons. Some people, they just, they just want some food, and Jesus is like the food truck for them. And other people are like, nope, I need a healing touch. I, I, I'm walking around. I have this illness. I need you to heal me. Uh, other people have other uh, motives or agendas, whatever it is. And they're all gathering around Jesus. In fact, Jesus just came from a home. If you look at earlier in the chapter, he was, he was speaking in a home. And this crowd is showing up for different motivations. But then Jesus says something that, that just sounds like, you know, it's very controversial. And, and he, he says, hey, 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 if you really want to get, if you really want to know me, if you really want to know my will, if you really want, if you really want me, here's what you got to do. You got to hate your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters. 
Let's look at verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. And what, read that last part out loud with me, guys. Such a person cannot be my disciple. The word disciple there means learner. So Jesus is saying, you know what? It's more than a one-time event. If you really want to know God's will for your life, then you've got to go all in. That word hate means this, to detest or to love less. That's what it means. And he's using that word, and, and he's making this point that there are degrees of love. And let me say it like this. The degree of your love for him should be greater than any other degree of love in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. I think um, we have different loves, right? I, I, I think we have all kinds of loves. But on, on the low end of the bracket, let's just pretend this is like a ladder or something. On the low end of the bracket, we might say, I love Chipotle, or I love this music, or I love this artist, or you know, I love this car, or I love this game, I love this shirt, I love these pants, whatever it is. That's kind of the low end of our stuff. But if you go to the higher end of the bracket, there's like, I love my husband, I love my wife, I love my children, I love my, maybe I love my boyfriend, I love my girlfriend. You know, you get, you get higher and there's this higher bracket of love that we like don't even touch and it just kind of, it's like, no, I love them and, and, and you have this, on the lower end, we're willing to move some things around a little bit, you know, down here, I love, you know, Chipotle or whatever, but when you go up higher, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you be talking about my mama. <laughs> Don't you talk about, I love these things, and I'm not willing to let go of these things. And Jesus says, you got to love those things less. Jesus is saying, you got to want me more. Want me more. And I think that's the hard part. And in fact, the word love is such, is such a strong word. It's such, it just feels right. Like God is love. It just feels that way. Like, like why would Jesus want us to love less? Why is this a big deal? Here's why. Is you will worship whatever you love. You will worship whatever you love. If you love yourself, guess who guess who's gonna, you're going to be worshiping? You love your car. You love your phone. Some of you spend more time on your phone than you do with people. Right? And if that phone was to be taken away from you, oh, that, that phone is up on the top bracket, isn't it? Where's my phone? Where is it? Where is it? Who's got it? Don't you be looking at my phone. So what, do you, what is it that, that is up here on this top bracket that you just love? What is it? Whatever you love, you will worship. Money's not going to be an issue for it. You could love your own IQ, your own intellect, that's called pride. That's arrogance. That's self-centeredness. You could love a man. You can love a woman. You can love a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever. You can love your children, and you can love them so much. Jesus is making this point that it's possible that your relationship with God can be compromised because of your love for something on that top bracket. It's possible your calling 
from God can be compromised because you love something more. It's possible. Here's a, what, uh, one Bible scholar said it like this, so powerful. He said, the greatest danger of idolatry, idolatry is the worship of idols. That's what idolatry is. It's the worship of idols. The greatest danger of idolatry comes not from what is bad, but from what is good, such as love in family relationships. The greatest threat to the best often comes from second best. Wow. That's a mic drop moment right there, guys. I just want to drop the mic right there. That's a mic drop moment right there. See, I think the things that we know in our life that are not good for us, I don't think that's an issue. I mean, we might occasionally slip and fall and say, yeah, I messed up or whatever it is. But what about the things that are that you love, that you're not willing to let go of, that you're even willing to compromise your relationship with God over. Our problem's not with the bad, our problem's with the good. That's what it is. See, we can worship the wrong thing, the wrong person, the wrong God. And we can say, I love him, I love her, I love it, I love me. And we can, we can rationalize and reason and say, well, God is love, so it must be a good thing because it's love. But it's possible that you're allowing him, her, it, you, to take a place in your heart that you worship, that you worship. Um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 says, you shall not... You shall have no other gods before me. Let's read that together, guys. Um, you shall have, let's wait for it to get on the screen. Exodus chapter 20. Right? Uh, let's read it together. You shall have no other gods before me. Read it one more time, guys. You shall have no other gods. Like, like I was talking to someone last week, and, and I, it's a beautiful story, guys. I just... Uh, I, I, I married this couple who was going through stuff, and, and, and they were living together. And I said, if you really want to get right with God, then you got to get married. And I said, I'll marry you right now. And he, and he was, like, looking at his woman, and he was like, let's do it. Let's do it. And she was like, ugh. And then two days later, they came here, and it was totally unplanned, and I ended up marrying them. And uh, they're, they're off to the races, and it's a cool, cool story there. But I told them, um, you have a God who's a jealous God. He wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. He doesn't want the things that you don't love. He wants the things that are on the top. He wants those things. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. You shall have no other gods before me. See, we can postpone our obedience because we really worship this. We can reason and rationalize and say, I'm going to delay my obedience to God because I really worship my father or my mother or my children or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whatever, whatever it is. He's more than enough. Say it out loud. He's more than enough. And here's the problem with the second best. This, the greatest threat to the best often comes from the second best. Well, what's the, what, what the second best is like, it's really close. It's not bad. It's good. 
It's good. Jim Collins says this, good is the enemy of great. And that is one of the key reasons why we have so little that becomes great. Few people attain great lives in large part because it is just so easy to settle. Say settle with me. To settle for a good life. I think about that and I think about relationships. I think about relationships. I think about times that, that we're like, okay, um, they're not exactly what I'm looking for, but what if nobody else comes around? What if? I bought a, uh, it's like, have you ever bought a jacket or shoes or something and you're like, oh, I really want something, but, and you find something that's close to it, it's not really it, so you buy it anyway because it's close to it, and all you keep thinking about was, boy, what if I would have waited, and what if there was something really in the desire of my heart that I didn't get because I thought, well, I'll just wait, I mean, that happened to me, and then I bought something, and like two weeks later, I saw what I really wanted on sale, and I was like, why didn't I just wait? And then I think, well, can, maybe I can return it. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I can do that. Um, do you know what second best looks like? Here, here's some, some signs. If you find yourself needing to compromise your values, it's second best. If you find yourself compromising your calling to God, it's second best. If you find yourself compromising your standard, it's second best. If you find yourself compromising your beliefs, it's second best. If you find yourself compromising your relationship with God, it's second best. Here's another indication. You have to drum up happiness inside of you. It's not coming naturally. Anytime you follow God's will, there's a joy that's part of it. Even when you face scary stuff. When you know you're walking in the will of God, you're okay with the scary stuff. You're okay with all that stuff. I have seen so many real-life examples of people who have loved someone more than they love God. I can't tell you how many times I have seen guys who were crazy in love with Jesus, reading their Bible all the time, super involved with the church. I have real life, I mean, over 30 years, guys, of experience, I've seen this. And then what happens? There's some fine girl that comes into his life. And all of a sudden, he changes. I've seen the same thing with girls, women. They're just, they're at church all the time. They're growing into the community of the church and the God's moving in their life. And then one day, there's some guy that comes into their life. He's not that crazy about church. He's not that crazy about God. He's not sure if God exists. And little by little, you just see her backing away. You've seen that before. Haven't you seen that before? We're influenced by those things that we love, and we compromise, and we rationalize, and we reason, and we delay, and we make exceptions. Thomas Merton said the biggest human temptation is to settle for too little. I think there might be some fear associated with that. You know, there's people who get in relationships and maybe even toxic relationships, abusive relationships, even friendships, because they're afraid of being alone, right? Um, at least it's a relationship. 
and I'm afraid of being alone, so I'm just going to hitch my, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hang out in this, and, and it's toxic, and it's destructive, and that kind of thing. Maybe, maybe you date the first person that shows interest in you. Maybe, maybe you're willing to be in that abusive relationship because you're afraid of being alone. Or maybe you compromise your sex life just because you want to be loved. So you're willing to compromise even that. Maybe you're willing to compromise your ethics at work if it means you please your boss. Maybe you turn down a great opportunity or promotion because you're worried about leaving your comfort zone. And when that happens, you bargain with yourself. You feel obligated or trapped. You make excuses. And you find these creative ways to convince yourself that you really haven't changed. And you might even say, this is temporary. It's only going to be like this for a little bit. It's only going to be like this for a little bit. The beautiful thing about this is even when it's temporary, God loves you and God will be with you even when you're wandering in the wilderness. Glory to God. He's just gracious like that. He's so good. Last weekend, I talked about you're the project. It's not your job or money or friend. You're the project. God wants you to learn to trust him. God wants you to learn to rely on him. God wants to change your heart, transform your heart. He wants to give you a brand new heart. Someone else once said this, the only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. And when you get into things that you know God doesn't want you to get into, but you get into it because you're impatient, it creates problems. And there's consequences because of that. And God's trying to to spare you from consequences that are painful. I mean, that's what this whole book is is really about. It's really, it really is this love book for you. God wants you to experience the best life possible. And he's telling you, okay, this is how you experience the best life possible. Um, I want to talk to you about two tribes of Israel. They're known as the Reubenites and Gadites. And I'm not proud to have my name Reuben. I wasn't named after this guy or anything like that. But there were these two tribes uh, known as the, uh, the Reubenites and the Gadites. I had this painting. I thought it was just a beautiful painting. I wanted to share it with you. But uh, what happened was these are the two tribes of Israel. When, when they were going into, they were about to go into the promised land. And right before they crossed the Jordan River, East of the Jordan, they stopped. Now, God wanted all 12 tribes to cross the Jordan River because there's a promised land on the other side. And he wanted all of them to experience the best. But these two tribes, you know what they said? Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey Moses, uh, I think we'd like to stay on this side of the Jordan. Look at the land. It's beautiful. We got livestock. We have, we, I mean, this land is lush, and it's plentiful. And you know what? This is good enough for us. It's good enough. We don't need to cross over the other side, and we'll just stay back on this side, and, and, uh, and you know what? We'll support you, and when you go to battle, we'll go to battle with you, but we're going to stay on this side. It looks so good. 
this looks, I mean, it's a good, good thing. And Numbers chapter 32, they said this, if we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. I think all of us have a Jordan River. I think it's that place that requires faith. I think it's that place that you have to work through fear. You know what I'm talking about? That place where you're going to go and you're like, if I go through this, I don't know. It's going to be so deep. I don't know if I can feel the bottom. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I can. This is scary for me. And I know God wants me to cross this Jordan River. But you know what? I feel so much safer on this side. Can I get credit? Can I be called righteous? Can I get credit for obedience? Even if I don't cross the Jordan River? Isn't this close enough? These two tribes, Reubenites and Gadites, they decided not to cross. And they paid the price for it. They were attacked by an Assyrian king in the year 740 BC. And in fact, they were exiled, these two. And they became slaves to this Assyrian king in Assyria. They became slaves. They paid the price for not being completely obedient, for not exercising faith. And they looked at this land and they said, this is really good for us. I can be here and I can get credit for, you know, it's almost as if I crossed the Jordan River. Right? Right? God, right? We're good, right? I mean, look how close we are. I can see it on the other side. I can see it on the other side. It's an incredible message for us. If you want to go deeper in your walk with God, you need to exercise faith and obedience. There's no other way around it. You've got to exercise faith and obedience, and God will bless you for that. Have you ever settled for just short of the promised land? Have you ever settled for just short of the promised land? Stuart Scott, he was an ESPN commentator. He said this, don't downgrade your dream just to fit your reality. <laughs> Upgrade your conviction to match your destiny. Isn't that good? Don't downgrade your dream just to fit your reality. Your reality is not your permanent dwelling. God, if you're walking with God and you're exercising obedience, God will, he will take you places. He's so good. He will use you in ways that you never imagined. He will take you places and use you and provide for you in ways that your calculator doesn't even understand. <laughs> he will do that. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He will fill you in a way that anyone on that top love bracket will never be able to fill you. He will fill you with joy and peace, and you don't have to worry about anything because you love him more, and he's more than enough. When you find someone, when you find someone, <clears throat> or maybe whether it's a boss and you feel like, okay, right now I feel like I need to compromise my obedience to God to be with this person, or I need to compromise my obedience to God, my convictions, my I need to compromise my standards to please my boss, or whatever it is. Here's what I want you to, or maybe it's mom and dad. That's the big thing, right? That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what Jesus is talking about. When you look at scripture, there's plenty of times and Jesus said, nope, 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 nope. I came to bring division. I came to bring division. 
Here's what you need to say when you come to those situations. If it's a person, you need to look at them in their eyes. You need to say, oh, you know what? Jesus has done so much in my life. God has done so much in my life. There's no way I'm going to put you above my relationship with God. There's no way I'm going to let you determine my destiny. There's no way I'm going to let go of everything God has done in my life. He has been so faithful. He's watched over me. He's cared for me. He is my God. He is my breath. He is my strength, and I'm going to live for God, and I'm not going to let anyone take that top place in my life. Is anybody, is anybody here, you guys, at least say amen. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Can you say ouch if you can't say amen? I don't know. I'm going I'm to try preaching over here, maybe, maybe a little better on this side. <laughs> I, that's what you got to do. You got to declare war and say, okay, God, I'm going to love you more, and I'm not going to let this other thing, this other person take priority in my life. I'm just not going to do that. Psalm chapter 28, verse 7, said it like this. David said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Isn't that good? David is saying, you know what? He's the love of my life, and I'm not going to let anything come between between me and my God. I love him too much. I love him too much. The Lord is my strength and my shield. He's the one who gives me strength. And when I'm weak, I am strong. It's in my weakness that I find that his grace is sufficient. And I've learned it's not about what I know. It's about following God and trusting him with everything. And he's my shield. He's taking care of me. He's protected me. When I don't even know he's watching over me, he's protected me. When the arrows are flying by day, I had no idea the Lord was watching over me. When there's conversation happening behind closed doors, he's watching over me. When there's conversation talking about me at a kitchen in a house, he's watching over me all the time. When things are said on social media that aren't true, He's watching over me all the time. Can anybody know to feel what I'm, you've been there before? He is your shield. He is, he, and your heart trusts in him. He helps you. It's not about your strength. It's not about you. My heart leaps for joy. Isn't that good? My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. See, God wants to put a new song inside of your heart. With my song, I praise him. Why would you allow anything or anyone else to take that position in your life? Hasn't he been faithful in your life? Hasn't his grace and mercy covered you all your days? You're still breathing right now by God's grace. Even in spite of, you are still breathing. God is putting breath in your lungs right now. He sees what you have done, and he still gives you breath. He's heard the words that have come out of your mouth, and he still gives you breath. He knows your thoughts, and he still gives you breath. He knows what you've done, and he still gives you breath. So you have a God who's full of grace and mercy, and he wants you to come to your senses. He wants you to love him above all else. He's more than enough. Following Jesus is more than accepting an invitation. It's a daily choice to love him more than everything else. It's not a one-time decision. It's a daily decision. And when you find yourself in that moment, you say, you know what? 
I choose Jesus. I choose God's will. I choose God. That's what I want. Now, Jesus said, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. During the days of Rome, you know, the cross was a place of execution. And here's what you need to understand about the cross. It's a one-way ticket. Anyone carrying the cross did not come back. It's a one-way ticket. You carry that cross to the place where they're gonna, you're, you're going to die on that cross. And Jesus is saying, saying you got to die to yourself. you got to die to your will. you got to die to all the other loves. Even on the top bracket, you got to love him more. Choose him. It's a one-way ticket. It's a one-way ticket. Only cross-carrying people can be his disciples. Only cross-carrying people can be his disciples. When Jesus said this to this big crowd, what do you think happened? Lots of people walked. Lots of people said, Jesus, you're tripping. I didn't go to church to hear this. I came to church because I want you to do a miracle in my life. I came to church because I'm hungry. I came to church because I want the blessings. I came to church because I need you to bless my life. I came to church because I want you to do something for me. And when Jesus said, you know what? It's way more than that. If you really want to experience God, if you really want to know Jesus, you got to want him more and love everything else less. Love everything else less and say I'm not going to compromise my relationship with God I'm not going to compromise the life of obedience with God I'm not going to compromise the calling God has placed on my heart on my life with God I'm not going to compromise it and you know what if you try to do that if you try to bring me down I'm going to fight I'm not going to allow that to happen I'm not going to let anything come between me and my relationship with God Jesus said this just in case you didn't get it. He said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Any contractors or builders in the house? God is saying right here, Jesus is saying, you got to count the cost. If you really want to follow Christ, if you really want to know God's will, this is the cost. And then he uses another illustration. He says, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. And then he says something else. I just used this today. Maybe you're, anyone likes salt. I'm a lover of salt. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. 
Well, let's read this last line out loud, guys. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Anyone salty? Anyone not salty? Jesus is saying, hey, if you don't love me more, you're going to lose your saltiness. You may know the answers. You may know how to act. You may know all those things. But if you really want to be salty, you got to love everything less. If you really want to be used by God, you love everything less. Because everything else is trying to get a hold on you. And sometimes we say, God, I want you, but I can't let go of this. I can't let go of this addiction. I can't let go of this thing. I want you, God, so badly, but I can't let go. You know, I, I can't let go of my phone. I, I just scroll and scroll and scroll, and I don't read my Bible at all, but I look at all these feeds, and I'm just, I'm, you know, my brain is jello, but I'm enjoying all these feeds, and they're fun videos, and they're cool. I get it, but you're not spending any time in God's Word. You're not spending any time. And God looks at your life and he says, what do you love more? Who do you love more? Whatever you love, you will worship. You will worship. I told this couple that I married them, I said, here's how to have a strong relationship. You put Jesus in the center of your relationship. Put Jesus in the center of your home. Put Jesus in the center of your heart. And you build your home, your relationship, your life on Jesus Christ. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is more than enough. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will always watch over you. He will always take care of you. He will be faithful even when you're unfaithful. Jesus is more than enough. He will never let you down. He will always watch over you. You can trust him with any problem or worry in your life because Jesus is more than enough. He's more than enough. Say it with me. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. Come on now, church. He's more than enough. There's nobody like Jesus. He will take care of you and watch over you. And you say, I don't want anything to come between me and my Jesus. Jesus is saying, I want all of you. I love you so much. I want all of you. Anybody need to turn to Jesus today? Maybe you're online watching you turn to Jesus. You're here right now at church, and God has brought you here to hear this message. For some of you, if you want to transform your heart, it starts with you turning to Jesus. Some of you are worshiping idols. You're worshiping yourself. You need to ask God forgiveness. You're worshiping a guy. You're worshiping a gal. You're worshiping a job. You're worshiping a hobby. Whatever it is, don't worship that anymore. Today, Jesus wants you to worship him. He wants to, I want to say a prayer for you. Let me say a prayer for you. If you're ready to receive Jesus into your life, would you say this? Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Right now, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. And I want to live for you. I want to live for you, Jesus. 
Others of you, maybe you've been worshiping something. Maybe you've been worshiping yourself or maybe it's been whatever it is. God knows. Would you say right now, God, forgive me. I want to worship you above everything else. Jesus, I love you more. Maybe you need to say that out loud. Say, Jesus, I love you more. Take a hold of my life, my past. Do a miracle in my home. Do a miracle in my relationships. Do a miracle in my marriage. Do a miracle where I work. Do a miracle in my life. I'm going to trust you with all of my worries. I'm going to give them to you. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.